Good evening, this is Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight we've got our away day man, Gavin Cheatham. I should be joining in just for a change. Hilda Pryor will conduct the whole arrangement. And we've got a little bit of expertise coming our way with Steve Ratter. So sit back and relax and let's have a little bit of football banter. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. And I'm delighted to say that my guests this evening, as you've just heard, we'll start with Mr. Aidy Hopper. How are you doing, Aid? Uh, been having problems with Zoom, but um, finally got there in the end. But it was doing what's, things. What's new, it's... eh? What's new? I know it's a pain. I've, I've, I've you know, do, deal with a lot of different programs, but I tell you what. I get more problems with Zoom than I do anything else. That is saying something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, which is why <laughs> I keep this in the office. So just, <laughs> just to let the listeners know, there is, a, there is a hammer that he's just held up there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, mate, I'm okay. I'm here. Excellent, excellent. Somebody else who tends to have uh, issues with Zoom also joins us, but for how long we will see, and that's... Uh, commentator for Three Valleys Radio, Gav Cheatham. How are you doing, Gav? Yeah, good at the moment. Thank you. I'm uh, commentating. No hammer to hand, so I might have to borrow ADs if I uh, put round some neighbours, get the toolkit, but all good at the moment. Thank you. Yeah, thinking ahead, I probably should have just invited you over to do this. It probably would have been much easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, see, but um, and then gone out for a curry. Then gone out for a curry. Well, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that's uh, well. Maybe we'll come on to my shirt in a little while because uh, Steve oh, Rutter yeah. also joins well, us for the you, second time this week. Hey, do you mean to Steve? say that the curry's going to end up on your shirt? Well, I mean, it is a white shirt, so I probably do have to be careful in that in that respect. I, I but, think uh, you did, yeah, very much. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not... You should explain to the listeners exactly what you are wearing before we go any further, because they'll be absolutely desperate to know now. Uh, so I, I, I would say that this is just this is just a shirt that's accustomed to the weather we're having. It's a nice, nice fit. I say nice fitted. It's a loosely fitted um, white short sleeve shirt with what could only be described as little blue, um, almost like you know little fiber optic lamps. Possibly, you could say that they are. But yeah. uh, it looks more like mucky handprints. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's not really doing it justice, is he, to be fair? The listeners are not getting the full picture. No. <laughs> you, you, uh, you're not a fan of this one, Steve. Well, I'm just wondering, <laughs> let's see if anybody can actually see you out tonight. Yeah. Any listeners, I see him out tonight, please report in. Take yeah. a selfie with the set. Yeah, absolutely. Take a selfie, send it in to, uh, to AD. <laughs> Um, I'll, do, I'll do a little bit of free advertising because I'm going to the Lopen Raj. So, uh, yeah. Oh, you're um, not. Are you going to the Lopen Raj? Oh, I, I am, it. yeah. I know it well. Careful, 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 yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll move on. We'll move yeah. on. And, yeah, before um, we do move on, though, Dave, I just want to utilise this for a minute. Um, we are looking for some new commentator-type people. And um, as things stand at the moment, um, we haven't got, we've got a few, but we could do with a few more. And, and not just commentators for football, we're also looking for somebody to do a, a Formula One programme, and also uh, maybe a cricket programme, and Rugby League, or Rugby Union, or Rugby. I never understand the difference between Rugby and Rugby, but there we go. Um, so if any of you listening out there thought, think, boy, I'm not having a go at that. I reckon I could do that. You, you know, you could be the next uh, Martin Tyler, or who knows. Please get in touch with us because we are, um, you know, we've got a new season coming up fairly shortly now in 
couple of, well, what would it be, six weeks, I suppose it is, something like that. So, um, you know, you've got a little bit of time to get yourself used to the idea. And, and Dave, being one of the best, can give you all his tips of the trade. So please contact us, info at threebuddiesradio.com, if you fancy having a go. Right, speech over. No, I'll just second what you said. Like I say, we've managed to, um, I think we've been going... Is this our fourth year now, fifth yeah, year, something like that, since doing Three Valleys? So it'd yeah. um, be good to get some more more people involved. And, and of um, course, you can get to watch the football for nothing because you're in our commentary box. Exactly. There. Think about that. You can save exactly. yourself a couple hundred quid. Yeah. Anyway. Unless you're commentating on the Grand Prix. Yeah. In which case, in which case, the view's yeah. not quite so good. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll have to pay your flight flight to America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, the, the the expenses don't quite travel that far, do they? No, they don't, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. We keep we keep trying, but you know, you never know. Maybe, maybe Mr. Hellier will pay for it because I think he likes Formula One as well. So there we go. Yeah. Anyway, carry we'll on. Short, we'll, we'll be sure to ask him the next time that um, he does come on to the show. Yeah. Um, Normally we would start with a little bit of Yeovil chat, but since we spoke on Monday, there's not really been any other updates going on. So I'm happy to move it along straight away, unless you boys have anything that you want to add to that. And I'm judging by your silence that you're all happy for me to continue and we'll chat Yeovil with a bit more of an in-depth discussion on, on Monday's pod, but... Unfortunately, Abe, that means that I am going to have to start from your point of view with international football because oh, it was the roundup God. of the qualifiers mm. um, over the last couple of days. But in particular, I said to you about most of the games being boring from a spectacle point of view because of the mismatch in teams that you play against each other and it's more of a training session and that was probably apparent in the scoreline of England 7 North Macedonia 0 um, yeah I guess it was really um, I did watch a bit of it um, as I just flicked in and out and happened to catch Marcus Rashford's goal and uh, one of Harry Kane's and um, yeah, I mean England looked very good. Although there were there were times when I thought they seemed to give North Macedonia a lot of the ball. Um, I mean, obviously it didn't make any difference because they won seven nil. But just just struck me as being a little bit generous with the ball at times. But um, I think one thing we ought to sort of highlight is the fact that uh, um, Cristiano Ronaldo became, I think I'm right in saying, the uh, single most human being to have played the most games for anybody. Am I right in saying that? I think it's something like that, isn't it, Steve? Was it cap number 200? 200th cap, wasn't it? I thought it was, I thought it, it was the most games a, a, an individual had played, period, international games. I might be yeah. wrong. But no, just... it could, no, it could, could be right. I can't remember. The, I think the previous record holder was somebody from Iran or somewhere, mm. um, some quite obscure place. Um, but obviously... You know he's, he's still involved, isn't he? So he's um, yeah. at the top of their group and flying through by the looks of things. So uh, we might see him at another finals. Well, that's right, and he scored a goal as well. But I, I think because he, I'm sure I, there's a picture in the paper somewhere or on the website of him getting a, a Guinness Book of Records because it's, um, as I say, he's he's. I think I'm right in saying he's paid. So congratulations to him, although he left under. A slight cloud when uh, he left United, but I think it'll always be... A slight cloud? Yeah, just a slight <laughs> cloud. But he will always be uh, well-remembered at, at Old Trafford and, uh, you know, from his first his first appearances there. And, uh, you know, he, he's still going. Um, incredible bloke. I mean, his fitness is, is well, it's beyond, it's beyond realms, isn't it? The, the guy just, what's he now, 30-something? And... Yeah, you, yeah, eight, thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah, thirty-eight. He just, he just keeps going, and you know, you just wonder how he does it, but he certainly does do it. Um, but I, I read somewhere that he's finding the heat over in Saudi Arabia slightly uh, a bit of a problem, which I'm not surprised, quite honestly. But um, you know, but Steve would be an expert on that anyway. Heat. But it depends when they train. I mean, if you train at the heat of the day, then it's it's ridiculous. But I'm sure they've got you know their strategies cope for that. But I mean, one of the good things for him is obviously it's not week to week the level of intensity that it is in the Premier League and you know the European um, 
Champions League. So I suppose he can manage his body through a little bit better now, can't he? He's, he hasn't got to play at full tilt every single game to affect the games like he would have had to do in the Premier League. So, and, and that's that's one of the beauties about going to a place like that. I suppose he can he can be slightly subpar and, and save a little bit for for when he needs it. Yeah, most definitely. And like you say, um, Portugal under new management at the moment with Roberto Martinez, and it seems to have been a nice start for them, um, top of the group as it stands. Gav, I just want to bring you in um, to the discussion, just linking it back to an England perspective. Firstly, are you on board with international football or is that not really something that floats your boat personally? No, I do, I do like to see the games. I mean, they act like, I know there is a lot of apathy towards it, you know, like the mismatch, but I mean, what what are the alternatives? You know, you've got countries have got to qualify for the major tournaments and it's been like this for years so I don't really see what the alternatives is to um, you can't just say all the best teams by FIFA rankings we just have them in every tournament because it'd be it'd be boring and you won't have you like get linking it to North Macedonia when they knocked Italy out in the in the playoffs didn't they for their mm. um, so things like that, you'll never get a shot like that if you just say, right, we're well, going to have your Portugal's, France, Spain's, Germany's, England's, and then, you know, the South Americans, Brazil, Argentina, etc. So I think, you know, until someone, the people that, are, you know, that don't go there, you know, they, they, what's the solution? There isn't, I don't think, these games have to be played. Um, I just, um, I just wondered, because... They, they were saying that North Macedonia was a bigger test than the game at the weekend, but it ended up in an easier game and you know, we ended up scoring seven. But I do wonder why I don't think Jordan Pitford or Red had a save to make in the game. And, you know, really, we know what Jordan Pitford, we know he's going to be Gareth's first choice. So why not give one of the backup keepers, Pope or Ramsdale, the, the Arsenal guard, and why not give one of them uh, games? And because, like I say, you know Pitford... If he's fit, he's probably going to start. So, I don't. Although he didn't have nothing to do, you know, you, you don't know happy before the game. So, I do wonder why he didn't rest, um, play some more of the um, instead of going very strong, like he did for on uh, the weekend as well uh, against Malta, and then changed it on an hour. Steve, do you want to take that point because it's a point that's that's come up quite a lot, particularly with. Um, qualifiers because you only need to look at Harry Maguire. I think it was 11 starts for Manchester United last season, yeah. and yet Gareth Southgate played him in both the Malta game and the North Macedonia game. I'm not really sure what he's getting out of that. It seems to be quite clear that he's his man regardless of the form that he's in, possibly because he could argue that who else do I play if I don't play Harry Maguire but is it the fact that because it is a qualifier yes in hindsight you can say it was a 4-0 and 7-0 win so you could quite easily have changed it from his perspective if he tinkers with it a little bit and doesn't get the result then suddenly yeah. he's um he's not exactly flavor of the month put it that way yeah that's right and you know the most important thing is that you qualify it's, it's like everything in it you know you start the season for a lot of teams the most important thing is that you get enough points to stay up in this, it's you get enough points to qualify for the finals. And, and I'm sure once they get to that point when they're through, then you can experiment as much as you want. You know, you can play as many young kids as you like. Um, but his first job is to make sure we qualify. You know, Ukraine have got six points. Italy have got three from two games. Um, you know, will Italy be better the next time we play them? Probably. You'd still expect England to finish in the top two and go to the finals. On paper, um, Steve, as well, this is probably the... I say harder loosely, but the mo the more tricky of a qualification group in terms of their rankings in each pot that those teams found themselves in, that if England have found for a while, but so far they've still yeah. absolutely breezed it. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, with all due respect, Italy failed to qualify for the World Cup finals and then obviously are trying to rebuild. Ukraine are in the middle of a, a war. And obviously their players are affected by that. And, and I would imagine the whole psyche of the country is not affected playing by at that. home either, presumably. not playing home games in yeah. Ukraine. So, you know, so there's massive difference. But, you know, at this moment in time, England are ahead of the rest of those teams. But I've got the groups in front of me. And what's quite interesting, we're talking about the same sides dominating. And these are the teams currently top of the of the groups. Group A, Scotland. Yeah. So we really should give them a mention because they've taken 12 points out of 12, including beating Spain. 
Um, Group B is France, which you'd expect, but they squeaked through against Greece the other night. England in C. Turkey, uh, top of Group D, uh, followed by Armenia. Um, then Czech Republic in E, followed by Albania and Moldova. F is Austria, ahead of Belgium. G is Hungary. Um, H is Finland. I is Switzerland. And then J is Portugal. So there are some of those sides that you wouldn't class as being Europe's elite actually heading the groups at this moment in time. So I think in some contexts, the gap's narrowed. I think at this moment in time, England have got a, a batch of players that are better than the vast majority of teams in Europe. And therefore, we would expect to be at the top of our league and, and winning games comfortably. Well, you've just touched on it there, moving away from England. Scotland, as you say, they are four from four. It does look like that they're on course to get to the Euros for the second successful um, campaign, having got there for Euro 2020 slash 21, depending how you look at it. Um, Age, no matter how you look at it, Scotland have had a sprinkling of good players down the years, surrounded by players that have either been top flight or championship, but this looks like a good, the best crop that there's been for a while. Yeah, definitely. And um, uh, I'm pleased to see Scott McTominay seems to be scoring regularly. which Attacking midfielder for the Scots. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he seems to be doing better for them than he does for, um, uh, you know, for United, really. But, I mean, rumour has it that he's going to be on his way from United. So we'll, we'll, we'll watch that one with interest. But Scotland, no, seem to be... Uh, and it doesn't take a, a couple of heavy thunderstorms to stop them you know 100, 101 minutes between from the stop of, of stoppage of play and the restart again but you're talking of records aid i think that went down as one of the longest international matches to ever be played yeah well there you go see just shows you but i mean now they're doing well and and you know when was the last time scotland qualified was it ali's army do you reckon steve no, they qualified for the Euros, didn't they? In England's group, in the last Euros, qualified oh, for the finals. Right. Okay. It's the World Cup they've not qualified for. Yeah, um, yeah. but so, but but no, I mean, they, you know, they're obviously getting their. Own, Steve Clark seems to be you know, a pretty useful manager by the sound of it, because he's a he's kept his job, which is important. Um, B, you know, they they're they're showing up. I mean, all of all of the. I mean, Wales are suddenly hit the hit the the you know the bottom of the pit for some reason. I don't quite know suddenly why they've suddenly gone. It can't just be the lack of Gareth Bale, surely, can it? Um, but um, but apart from Wales, I mean, Scotland are doing well. England's doing well. And you would expect Wales to somehow rally and get back into it. So, uh, you know, more power to their elbow. Wales have got a tough group as well, though, Steve, haven't they? Like you mentioned it there, looking at the groups that you said turkey are top yeah. croatia are in there as well but like he said yeah. there's bell's obviously retired and they lost joe allen as well who might not seem might not seem like a big player but to wells he you know he most definitely was yeah. and you've got players like ramsey who are experienced but their career has kind of gone oh, off a cliff a little bit yeah, in the yeah. last 18 years um, 18 years, 18 months, two years. Um, that probably doesn't help the situation no. that they find themselves in. No, and, and listen, they're, they're a very hard workmanlike side, aren't they? And Gareth Bale, at his peak, gave them that little something extra, you know, the X factor. But when you look at the sides in the group, Turkey, Armenia, Croatia, Latvia, what you know, they're, they're all hard work. I don't think. And the defeat at home to Armenia... Was was a really poor result. Having said so, that, I, I think Steve, I don't know if you saw the goals, but they were probably four of the best goals you're ever going to see away from home um, in an international match. So I think, to be fair to to Wales as well, they were caught out by four very spectacular strikes. And of course, uh, in, uh, our, our friend from Yeovil got sent off, which was caref uh, careless of him. Yeah, well, they've had Keep a, a few sending offs, haven't they? In the last, yeah, they've had a few sending offs in the last couple of games. I think they've had. Is it two? Yeah, Joe, Joe Morrell got sent uh, off last night. Before. Um, it, it doesn't take a lot, does it? It doesn't take a lot. But we all know that in football, you lose a couple of games and the confidence erodes a little bit. And it, it doesn't quite have the same flow that it did when things were going well for. Them. No, no, that's true. Does the um, size of the, the country and the pool of players come into account as well? Because 
And I imagine with teams like that, Northern Ireland are going through it at the moment. They've always been a workman-like team, but this is probably the, I don't want to say the worst crop of players, but in terms of the stature of the clubs that they're playing for week in and week out, um, it, it it's not the best pool of players that they've been able to to pick from. And, and Gav, do you reckon this is just a cycle that teams like Wales and Northern Ireland are going to find themselves in? That every so often you get this, you know, golden generation, and then you're going to have those mediocre years, which they kind of find themselves in at the moment. Yeah, I I, I think you took the words right out of my mouth. They when Aidy said it can't just be Gareth Bellwetine because Joe Allen, like like you you said correctly, was a, a key in the um you know not the the Galactico player like uh, Gareth Bell, but he was still a key player. So they're, they're missing him. And when you have got a um, a small pool of players to pick from, then obviously losing, having a bit of a discipline issue, having two sent off in the last two games, that's going to affect you compared to like a big, you know, like say a Germany, a Spain or an England. So uh, it is. And, and like with um, Northern Ireland, you know, there you'll probably find some a splatter in the Premiership, Championship, even probably as low as League One players playing for their countries and say some from the uh, League of Ireland, which no disrespect, you know, is not to the level of uh, the Premiership. So it's, it's, I think these small countries are bound to be affected by it. But then you could flip that on the side, taking it away from the home countries and then look at how well Croatia are doing. You know, a small country, of, I think it's about 5 million and they constantly over at seeding, aren't they? Overachieving and getting to finals and knockout stages of a major tournament since their independence. Yeah, yeah, true. They've been they have been very strong, haven't they? Croatia, um, you know, thinking right back to the days of uh, Davos Suka, was it? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Davos Suka. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, you know, they 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 first sort of came to my notice when Suka was popping a lot of goals, and then they've. They've kind of maintained it, really, and obviously Luka Modric has been a, uh, an ever ever present in the team, even at thirty eight or whatever he is. So they've they've been good. They've been good. Yeah. If, if 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 you think back, eh, they got to the semi finals of the World Cup in ninety eight and got mm. beat by France. Yeah, you know. So it's not it's not just now, is it? No, you know, twenty five years old, isn't it? Exactly, and and they've continually reproduced, you know, generation after generation after generation, and they're still doing it. Mm. And they lost in I lost on penalties, didn't they, to Spain in the whatever it's now called, the UEFA European Nations Championships Second Division Playoffs Finals, <laughs> whatever it's called. Yeah, um, right. Papa John's International Chelsea. <laughs> That's yeah. the one, yeah. yeah. They got beat on penalties in that, but you could see them they were gutted, you know, because mm. they wanted to win something. They wanted to win an international tournament. It's, to, it's, to, an, it's, an, it's an odd tag with Croatia, Steve, isn't it? Because you could argue that they're kind of bridesmaids and not quite the brides, but at the same time, people might not have expected them to be in a position to be the bridesmaids in the first place. No, you see what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, it, you know, I think lots of people who are neutral, once their teams go out, would have wanted them to do well at the World Cup, would want them to do well in the Euros, because, you know, it, everybody is amazed by the fact that they just keep producing players and of the quality that they produce, you know. And there's been, there's been thousands, you know, hundreds of Croatian players playing in the major leagues of Europe from a country that, like Gav said, is like five million or something. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And just finishing with the the home nations chat, um, Republic of Ireland got a win, albeit against Gibraltar. Aidy, they're a team as well that are. Uh... Who's Gibraltar? Oh, they're brilliant. Oh well, no, sorry, <laughs> Republic of Ireland. I mean, we can. I don't know how good your Gibraltar football knowledge is. Uh, um, it's not that good, or... but uh, I know that. I, I'm just trying to think of his name, and I cannot for the life of me. But I didn't we. Didn't United have a player that played for them? Because I remember yeah. there was a documentary. Danny Higginbottom. That's it. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, brilliant team. <laughs> but in terms of the, the Irish, they're yeah. sort of a team that are going through a cycle as well because they used to have, you know, some talent at, at one time, particularly the early noughties. I think they had quite yeah. a decent team where they had Robbie Keane, Noel Quinn. Etc. Roy Keane in there, but they haven't really been able to replicate that very much since then. Well, Paddy Man, you got one cap, did he? Was it a cap? Yeah, I think he did under uh, the Italian guy that was the manager. For yeah, Trapattoni. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you know, let's not forget Paddy. Yeah. 
Hope you're listening, Paddy. How you doing, old dog? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the game before, Gibraltar lost 3-0 to France mm. in in the group, you know? So well, In the bigger picture, at... that doesn't sound too bad. Well, it, it wasn't. I think they play... I'm not sure if they play their games because there's, there's only one pitch in Gibraltar, isn't there? It's artificial and all the clubs play on the same pitch. Yeah. So I think they play their home games in Portugal or somewhere. I think they have to play away from the stadium. I'm not sure. Could be wrong. Maybe they do play at the stadium. I'm not sure. But to lose 3-0 to France, when you look at the side that France put out, wasn't bad. You no. know? But th that's probably... I mean, France is probably on cruise control, aren't they, from the first minute, to be fair. Well, um, yeah. But it was important Ireland got a win because they've, they've been struggling and they needed something. The Republic of Ireland. Hmm. And of course, we talk about the the teams um, in the qualifying stage and the minnows. Um, San Marino, just a quick one on them, because the last time that they did win a game was uh, in 2004. It was a 1-0 win over Liechtenstein, and they're still waiting for their second victory since then. Yeah, well, it does <laughs> kind of make a mockery of the whole competition when you, you get teams like that, really, but... Having said that, though, Aid, if you're a San Marino player, you you want to be involved, I guess, don't you? Yeah, it must be yeah. difficult to try and get motivated, but, but at game, the same time, at the win. same time, yeah, you want to be try and make history every time you go yeah. out there to try and see if you can keep a clean sheet, for example. Yeah. Mm. Didn't didn't they score against England a few years ago after seven seconds and go yeah. one nil up? That's yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. goal, weren't it? Yeah. Street yeah. own goal or something? Yeah. Or, no, he, he sold his back pass short or something, didn't he? And they scored. Lee Dixon, wasn't it? Was it Lee Dixon? No, they, it, was, the, it was psycho. It was Stuart Pearce. It was Stuart Pearce. I oh, thought was it, it was, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And, and, and the fella still dines out on it now, doesn't he? Still tells the story and still dines out on it now. Oh, so, good uh, fair play to Chris. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. Indeed. OK, well, moving on then from our San Marino uh, football chat. Um going to have to talk some transfers because that's really sort of the the things that are starting to take place now, the window is well and truly open. Gav, I want to start with you on Arsenal because we know that they're looking for Declan Rice and talks are still continuing looking today. But the big one that's come out of today is it looks like that Kai Havertz might be an absolute done deal at 65 million quid. I mean, what do you make of that one? Because that yeah, seems to I have come out of nowhere, really. Yeah, because... Um... Yeah, because they've had, just had their second bid, I think, of around £90 million for Declan Rice, 10 down by West Ham. So, uh, yeah, like you say, it's sort of come out of the blue. But um, Literally, in Chelsea. Literally, yeah, blue, blue is the colour, as they say. Uh, but I think Arsenal, you know, if you look at their squad, they haven't got many out-and-out -out strikers, have they? Do you think, you know, Gabriel... Say, is he going to be the, the man for that? Well, have it. Like, mm. maybe number 10, yeah, because he can play on the wing as well can they so yeah it's um I suppose Arsenal were thinking you know they went close last year just ran out of steam in the last six weeks of the season they're thinking how can they close the gap to Man City and uh you know by signing one of your rivals offensive players they've uh, obviously they've had transfer targets towards the end of the season and um to work on in the summer and it looks like this one's pretty close to getting over the line but I'll tell you what what is really winding me up, I mean, you all know of my total, total allegiance to United. But why are Chelsea pushing the boat out on this Mason Mount price, whereas they're giving everybody else away? I mean, you know, they, we've we've offered apparently 50 million now, and they're still saying, now that's not enough. And yet, Havard, Cavard, what's his name? Kai Havard for 60-odd 60, 60 million. I mean, that seems to me to be almost giving him away. English price, Steve, I guess, for the homegrown status? I don't know, really. I, I suppose he's frozen in his moment of glory. But, yeah, he got the goal in the Champions League final, didn't he? Oh, he's back. But, it, you know, he's not He's not exactly pulled up many trees. Um, what did they pay up to? I think they paid up to £71 million for him based on appearances, etc. Um, so if they sell him for 60-odd million, then they're getting most of their money back. Yeah, Mason Mount, you'd probably say, is worth as much as Havertz, if not more. So that's the market, isn't it? Is what do you think... it's... Sorry, Steve, I was just going to ask, is this the case of Chelsea doing a fire sell because they have to and Arsenal possibly seeing an opportunity to get a player that it wouldn't otherwise be able to get? I've got to be honest, though, is it, is it a fire sell when you're paying £60 million for somebody who hasn't, you know, mm -hmm. you paid 74 for him and he hasn't really done what you want and now you get £60 million back? 
Yeah. You know, like Jamie, his stats aren't good for this. He only scored nine in forty-seven. Yeah. You know, I mean, Fulham want Fulham want ninety million for Jao Palinia, for goodness sake. I mean, the market has just gone bonkers. Sixty million is just like an average player. Yeah. So, so I don't, you know, what they they bought Christopher and Konku and they paid fifty-two million for him from Red Bull Leipzig. They've just paid fifty-two million. And you think we, we must be uh, people who run English football clubs are brain dead. <laughs> they really are. They are brain dead. The amount of money they throw around, and the other countries are just sitting there like rubbing their hands, waiting for the English teams to to dip in, and then they'll just up the ante, up the price. It'll, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see how the uh, Declan Rice one uh, progresses in the context that Arsenal have offered, I don't know, 90 odd million, but or is it 75 million plus add-ons, I think, something like that. Um, and that's been turned down. And I now read on, on one of my uh, websites that um, United are trying to discuss with them um, a player exchange type of thing um, with Harry Maguire, um, Scott McTominay and somebody else. I can't think who the other one was. What? To West Ham for Rice? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Plus money, presumably. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, that that might, in some respects, you know, prove more attractive to West Ham than just the pure money. Because it, it, won't, have, prove, it won't prove as attractive to Declan Rice because they're not in the Champions League. No. No. Exactly. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see United get, but I mean, the whole the whole thing with this this Glazer thing, that just dragging on. It's it's just unbelievable how how you know how it's dragging on, really. Although I keep every day I read a new story that seems to think that it's going to move on quickly, and it never does. Do you, not, do you not think though that as soon as a name comes up, like the latest ones, is Nicholas Jackson? Is it from Villarreal? Yeah. Chelsea, yeah. But as soon as the name comes up, he's going to Tottenham, then he's going to Chelsea, then Newcastle are interested. And it's just like, oh, there's a player. Oh, let's buy him. Oh, no, yeah. let's bid more than them. Yeah. It's, it's not, not like they have a plan. Like, the best transfer, I think, the best transfer of the window so far is Mahmoud Dahoud, who's gone on a free transfer to Brighton. Either him or James Milner, who's gone on a free transfer to Brighton. And there's a club who have got their head screwed up. They pay money when they have to. And they get they get the right people in at the right price, and you just look at it and you think to yourself, what are these other clubs doing? Is it all just about how much money you can spend? And now we've got the audacity to moan about the Saudis spending more than they're spending. Mm. <laughs> it's not fair anymore because the Saudis on, have got more money. Just, just touching on the Brighton model, Steve. Have Brighton also got to be careful that they don't sit on their success of their transfer committee? Because what I'm I mean is is in the early. Um, 2010s, Southampton yeah. did exactly the same, and then after yeah. a while, just took their eye off the ball and it completely fell apart. Um, yeah, yeah. That there is precedence there that for as well as it's going, and people are giving them credit, and quite rightly yeah. so, that yeah. they've got to make sure that they don't take their eye off at any point because yeah. you can still be relegated. Right. Just like Absolutely. That. But they have just broken their transfer record by signing the fella from Jal Pedro from Watford. And they also signed a fella from um, another one from Red Bull Leipzig, um, defensive midfield player, because they know they're going to sell Moises Caicedo, and they know they sold Alexis McAllister, so they're already replacing them. You know, so um, the boy they bought from Leipzig was a, a record transfer, and now they've just broken their record again signing Jal uh, Pedro from Watford. So they're prepared to spend the money, but at the right level, if they think it's going to improve them. But they also go around the market and say, "Hang on." This boy Mahmoud the Hood's got you know got caps for Germany. He's played for Borussia Dortmund. He's played for Borussia Mönchengladbach. He's a top player, and we can get him for nothing to replace Alexis McAllister. So, but it's it's not all you know. They, you don't see them going diving in with everybody else and throwing money at players. And it's just we just inflate the market, and and people must sit around this time of the year rubbing their hands with glee, waiting for the stupid English people to start bidding. I always call it the odd the odd. Um... The odd years, the the city season, because uh, transfer talk is just because there's no there's no Euros or World Cup to uh, fill up the uh, paper columns, is there? Or the airways, yeah. or us discussing it on pods like similar to this one. So yeah. you know, you just have rumours that, like you say, Steve, he's going to Spurs one minute, then he's going to Arsenal, and then ends up signing yeah. for Chelsea, and it's just. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. else to fill. It does make it does make big... trying to do podcasts over the summer rather difficult because, like you say, yeah. you are just relying on yeah. rumor yeah. and. I, I, I wonder I, if we. 
Sorry, Gav, I was going to say, what if we looked at how many players have come in? So if you look at someone like Nicolas Pepe at Arsenal, who they paid £70 million for or something, and, and hasn't kicked the ball in the reserves, I don't think, for a year or something. If we, I bet we could put a team out of 11 players, if we look carefully enough, that have cost more than £50 million and have probably not accumulated you know, 20 games in the Premier League between them. Quite likely, I would, I would imagine. Quite likely. You're right. Yeah, it just goes to show when the, the world that we're, that we're in, aren't we? I mean, like you say, the amount that gets wasted and, and not only that, Steve, as well, the, the money that does get wasted, but then a year later, they then get sold on for a fraction of the price and the money's just like, oh, we'll just have to take the hit with the yeah. loss. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Harry Maguire's a prime example. I mean, I, I should think if United get 30 million for Harry Maguire... They will be rubbing their hands. Well, do you think that they paid nearly ninety? Is he in his thirties yet? Are you, is his value like dropped significantly because of his age, or by him in well, the I, I don't think it's just his his age or anything else. I think you you have to. I know he he play, you know fair dues. He plays for England and he plays. You can't really criticise him, but. He, you know, he's not been great for United for the last couple of years. No, I know that, but I, my my point is that if he is thirty plus, you might not even get that now. No, 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 no that's right. So you know, I mean, how, how that's all going to pan out, I don't know, but um, you know, it's it's. But he has been with you about what's it, three or four seasons, eh, Maguire? So yeah. it's only in the last sort of season, season and a half that he's not become it because at the start he was a regular, wasn't he? Yeah, initially, I suppose he had, he had two years of being a regular starter, I would have yeah. thought, um, which was not bad. So you must have been happy with him at the start. Yeah, but, but equally, you know, it's it's like he's fallen off a mountain at the moment. I mean, every time he touches the ball, you, you kind of sort of think, oh, there's another mistake, another mistake. And it must be getting to him. I, I feel for the guy, you know. Um, he's one of my team's players, and as such, I don't like to, like to see them playing like that. But at the moment... He doesn't seem about to do much right, although I see he's got his uh, his court case has been delayed for another year. Well, just on just on that aid, um, because I'm pretty sure that I saw today that United have officially stripped him of the captaincy now and given it to Bruno Fernandez. Have you hmm. seen that? No, I haven't seen that, but I wouldn't surprise me. Um, what what do you make of if it is true? What the make a choice of Bruno? Because obviously he has stepped in. For captaincy last season he did come into a lot of criticism for games where it didn't quite go well for united and he was not very what's the word he went um, missing occasionally he went <laughs> yeah but not very good at uh trying to rally the troops shall we say what what mm. you made of the decision or do you think that that would is well, actually it's more better than than not so good that one based on on um what should we say the last three or four months I would say he's been exceptionally good, and as such, he, he, you know, you could say he's he's um, he's he's played by example, if you like. Um, so I, I think he's the only possible person that you could um, make captain, in all honesty, because I think he's. Um, I mean, they moan about him because he moans a lot, and yeah, he does. He moans an awful lot, but. You get players like that sometimes, don't you, that just do moan. It almost kind of motivates them themselves and you wonder whether the moaning is it's just his way of winding himself up and getting himself going, you know. So um, so I'm not surprised, um, first off. I think he'll make a good uh, captain unless somebody else comes in that's sort of far more suitable, but I, I somehow doubt it at the moment. Be lucky if we get anybody at the moment, the way things are going. So, um, you know, but um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised. And I think he will be a good captain. What do you think, Steve? Do you see him as a leader? Uh, no, not really. Not for me. No. I, I think someone like Luke Shaw would have been a better bet. I think he'd, he'd play regularly. You know, Tillman Malassia is only going to play if Luke Shaw's not fit, I would imagine. Or they want to give him a rest. So he's going to play every week. I think he's he performs really well every week, and he and he sets really good examples. I don't think you can have a captain who's throwing his arms in the air and getting frustrated and showing his disappointment every time something's going wrong, because um, it just projects the wrong image. So you know, and let them just get on. The, you know, the flair players, as such, if you want to call them that, let them get on with playing and not be burdened down with the responsibility of captaincy. Um, so I, no, I wouldn't have gone for him, but. 
I don't know him individually, so he might be a great character. So it may, but... may have gone a little bit early there with, with confirming that. I think it might have been a case of that that's the plan because yeah. they are looking to move Maguire on this summer, potentially. Um, we'll have to check that if that adds, actually yeah. does actually come to fruition. But just speaking, um, continuing with the transfer chat, Gav, I'll come to you because it looks like that Man City are going to take another a Chelsea player, a, talking of fire sale earlier on, and this time Kovacic, and they look like they're going to get him for 30 million. Well, what do you make of that one? 30 million? Oh, that's quite cheap. And uh, like Steve was saying earlier, in the inflated market that British clubs are surprised by that one, just in terms of the profile of, of player that they're after, considering that Calvin Phillips was brought in to bolster the squad, but Rodri was, wasn't dropped for a single game, so therefore yeah, didn't seen, play. I've so is there a need for another Calvin. one? Yeah, I've seen Calvin Phillips in the interview saying he wanted to stay because I think, um, was it Liverpool he was linked with? Just one of the many rumours that Calvin Phillips was Yeah, and West Ham, league. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, West Ham. and um, So, yeah, I'm surprised. But I suppose when you're uh, challenging the North fronts like all the top six are, then, uh, you know, squads are inflated, aren't they? So, yeah, I was surprised at that. Staying on the Man City scene, what about the rumour have you heard, Dave, about... Cole Walker been linked with uh, a move to Liverpool. What do yeah, you think I did. Of that? I Would did. You like I, to see that? I, I did see that. I think it, the, the the chat has been that if Trent moves into midfield this season, and then There's potentially Liverpool do have yeah. a gap at right back because obviously Milner's gone on now as yeah, well, and Gomez is a little bit in and out, in and out of the team. Um, I think Kyle Walker still offers an awful lot. He's 33 years old, but the fitness on him, he could probably still go for another two, three years at least um, yeah. I, at that level. Going back to Joe Gomez, I'm, I'm not convinced of him either at centre-back or, or right-back. He's, he's a bit like Aid saying about Harry Maguire the last season. I think he's always got a mistake in him. So, uh, yeah, I think they do because Milner used to... was picked, uh, if I, think as, I think as well, Gav, as well, I mean, for such a relatively young player at the time, two cruciate knee ligament injuries, was it? Yeah, I in, think so. in a relatively short space of time. I mean, Steve, you'll be able to tell us better, but if you're a player that's still relatively early on in your career, career and you pick up two really bad injuries, it probably takes a long time to get back to your best, even if indeed you can do that. He's frozen again. See on Gab's internet. <laughs> I've been good. Forty minutes. That's it. I think we'll have to call him Harry Maguire because <laughs> every time he gets near the ball, he mucks it up. <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back. He, can you hear us, Steve? No. He's frozen again. This makes for good audio. Aidy, do you think you can pick up that question? I know you obviously haven't played the game, but it must be more <laughs> difficult if you've picked up more than one injury um, at a young age, and then it's probably difficult to recapture your form, isn't it? Well, I've been trying to recapture my form for the last 40-odd years, so yes, it is far more difficult. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it must be, mustn't it? I mean, to get two cruciate ligaments is, is yeah, it's, it's, that's just downright careless, isn't it, really? One's bad enough, but two is downright careless. But just talking about Liverpool, just on a, a slightly different tack, um, Hello, Steve. Oh, he's back now. He's. I'm back. Yeah, you're back now. Sorry, lads. But, but do you want to ask your question, and I'll come back with my my. Yeah, right. I'll one. come back to you, Age. Yes, Steve. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if you've got the question or if indeed you you answered it. But um, it was just to say, if you are a player and you've picked up two really bad injuries in a relatively short space of time at the start of your career, probably difficult to then recapture your best form. Yeah, I mean, it depends how severe it is, doesn't it, and how long it takes you to get back. Um, but actually, you're better off picking up something when you're in your late teens, early 20s than you are when you're in your mid-30s, because then it is a real difficult job to come back from something like a cruciate. But um, I think the boy Jody Jones is a good example, any of the lad who's at Notts County now, played for, for Malta against us. You know, he, he went through three cruciate operations. Um, but when you're young like that, you can bounce back. You're a bit more resilient and, you know, you think you're resilient. You think you can deal with it. Um, but if it is so severe, then obviously you might just lose a little bit. And if you lose 5%, you're not going right to the top end. If you lose 5%, then you know your potential. 80? Yeah, my, my point on Liverpool, the, the back page of my paper today, 
they are crying out for Jurgen uh, to come and help the national team. What do you make of that? It doesn't surprise me because um, speaking about, you know, we we're talking about teams that are sitting pretty at the top of their groups. So Germany are nowhere near that. They've um, they've really gone through quite a disappointing spell by their standards for the last two, three years. Um, there's talk that he's turned it down previously. I don't know if maybe that's something. I'd, I'd be surprised if he left a top Premier League job to go and join an international team. I know that he's German, but I, it strikes me as something that would probably happen a little bit later on in his career. Um, Steve, I'll ask you on that. Do, do you think that managers see international gigs as something that's sort of later on in their career, they try and build up a, a club career first, or depending on the circumstance that you find yourself in, you might be after a job, but obviously in Jürgen's case, being yeah. at Liverpool, it's probably a yeah. different conversation, a difficult time to take it. Yeah, and I, I think whilst you've got that club football and you've got the day-to-day -day involvement with players, most managers would choose to stay in that market, I think, especially if you're at the top end. If he leaves Liverpool, where's he going? He's going, to, he's going to Bayern Munich or he's going to Real Madrid or Barcelona or somewhere, isn't he? So he's going to be at the top end of the game. Um, when he gets a bit later in life he, and he doesn't want the day-to-day hurly-burly, he might start thinking about an international international role. And obviously, if he gets offered Germany, that would make sense for him to take it. But whoever gets it at the moment, they're, they're hosts, aren't they, for the next tournament? So they're not in a qualifying uh, they're yes, automatically qualified. Are, yeah. <laughs> um, so you get... So you're going to get two years with a free oh, run I feel, on it. I so, feel really stupid now for saying well, no, they're because, on top of their group. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, I, I mean, I'm looking at the groups and obviously I'm thinking, why aren't they there? And it's because they're hosting it, aren't yeah. they? That's that, And I've just thought about that. So um, so whoever gets it, it's going to get a two-year run of friendlies, which in a way is quite good because there's not a lot on it. But in another way, it's bad because you don't really get the players to cut their teeth and see them in you know, the cut and thrust of proper competition football. So... Um, I can't see him leaving. I can't see him leaving Liverpool, not for the foreseeable future. I'm guessing future. Hansi Flick is still there, though. They don't have a vacancy, do they? Not that I know of. I haven't, I haven't seen anything. But, um, it, you know, it will be... Um, they'll be expected to do very, very well this time around because they've been very disappointed in the last couple of tournaments. So they'll be expected to get to the final as a minimum requirement, I would think. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for them. Like you say, they are, they are hosts that they are going through a little bit of a difficult time. They've been very un-German like you could say, couldn't you, in their football over the last uh, couple of years. Yeah. As you're looking, they played a friendly, didn't they, the other day? I'm just trying to think who they played. Yeah, Colombia. They got beat, didn't they? They got beat yeah. comfortably. Yeah, they got beat at home. Uh, Colombia, yeah. like you say, Luis Diaz got one of the goals. Yeah. Um... um Aidy, just going back to club football, I did see that um, Marcus Rashford looks like he's possibly going to sign a new deal, 375 grand a week. You happy with that one? Well, yeah, obviously happy to keep him. I'm, I'm not sure whether uh, I, you know, go for 375,000 pounds a week. It's we're back to the sort of the realms of crazy money, whether it's transfers or wages. But you know, um, I think he's probably worth it. But in today's market, but today's market we know is crazy it's hyped up and it's it's way over the top but if i was marcus rashford i'd say bring it on and where's my pen and sign on quickly um so you know and to be fair you know he's he, i think he's a very um what's the word i want to he's a very moral sort of a guy and you know the the work that he's done uh with this business of you know free school meals and all the rest of it um, taking on the government and all that sort of probably didn't necessarily start off in that vein thinking I'm going to take on Boris Johnson and his and his uh, government but but he has done an awful lot so um, yeah I think he's a, he's a, and you know he's still scoring goals I mean he took that goal on uh, whatever it was Monday night well enough didn't I thought so are you surprised how early this has come around Aid because it wasn't that long ago we were talking about um you know, can he do it? Do United need a striker, etc., etc.? And don't get me wrong, he's had a bloody good season, but I just wondered if they might have given it a little bit of extra time before they decide to sign him on. I don't know what his current contract situation was like, but maybe it's just a case of get it done whilst he's on fire. I think they've got an option for another year. I think I'm right in saying that. Um, 
so I would think that's probably why um, you know he's he's a, he's a solid player but um, the whole transfer situation at United at the moment is just chaos it's you know we're getting linked with all sorts of players but if you read the this, right... is, this is becoming a regular theme every summer now aid yes but it's, it, the difference is that this time we haven't got any money supposedly and until the Glazers decide to bugger off um, then you know we're not going to have any money by the sound of it I, I don't understand quite where it's all come you know so it means that we've got to sell a lot of our players I see we sold one yesterday for the Iqbal um, whatever his name is um, uh, what's it uh, I can't think of his name Come on, help me, somebody. You you, uh, sorry, are you worried about one of the youngsters who's being yeah, let go? Yeah, the, um, Iraqi guy. Yeah. Um, anyway, <clears throat> he went for a million because he, apparently he, there was a big fallout on, on the training pitch with him, apparently. So, but, so therefore, we're going to have to generate our own money if we're going to buy any players. At the moment, it would appear. Um, although, as I say, we're getting daily, daily versions of what's happening with the Glazers and each day it's different so you don't really know but if they don't if, i mean for example um Declan rice how could how can manchester united unless west ham do expect uh, accept um three or four players um, from united how can we expect to to have any class chance of getting Declan rice at the moment if we haven't got 110 million well the answer is we can't can we so why are they even talking about it if you spent all your budget on Declan Rice as well, it seems to me that you'd be going after a player that you don't really need. Yeah, and of course the other thing is I've noticed that there seems today um, a certain change slightly in the the uh, conversations regarding Harry Kane. Harry Kane is so-called now beginning to push uh, Tottenham to let him go to United. Now, I don't know if that's that's going to be successful or not, but... I just noticed in the last day or so, the conversation seemed to have changed. So is is there something going again, on? Again, you're going to need to cough up with all the dough, though, aren't you? That's well, yeah, I know. I mean, hundred yeah. hundred odd million or whatever. Although <laughs> they say it's a year they... left, doesn't he? I think. Sorry, Kane. Gab. Kane's got a year left, doesn't he, on this contract? Yeah, yeah. So, but they're they're talking about having to um, uh, that the United don't want to pay more than eighty million. Which is which I think is a fair price to be fair, um, but I mean if it's it's all down to Levy, isn't it? At the end of the day, uh, it's just I, I just you, if you if you read all the stories and obviously I read all the ones you know you know about United, there's definitely been a slight change in the way it's been talked about. So we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, very very much so. Um, a point that we spoke about on Monday. Steve, you asked the point about when we were talking about um, the Saudi deals at the moment, about whether Gerard was going to be mm. a manager over there. And you might have seen in the last so, yeah. 24 hours that he's, uh, he's he turned no. it down. Yeah. Are, you, yeah. are you surprised by this? Um, no, he said, he said he went out there, he spoke to him, and it wasn't something that suited him. Um, so, you know, you got to respect that. He obviously wants to stay in Europe because he probably feels that his profile will dip a little bit if he goes abroad. Um, and I did see somebody else who was, can't remember what player it was today, I saw his turn down and move there and said, you know, the money's, oh, Son Hun Min from Tottenham. He said that money, you know, is in irrelevance, given the amount of money they earn, the extra money's in irrelevance, he wants to play at the highest level for as long as possible. Exactly what we were talking about on Monday. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it, you know, it's not going to appeal to everybody, but I mean, the obviously interesting one as well will be Mbappe, won't it? Because he's refused to sign a new contract at Paris Saint-Germain. He's going to run down his contract until the end of the season, next season, when he'll be a free agent. Um, and clubs will be thinking, well, we haven't got to pay £100 million for him, but his agent will demand a £100 million signing on fee. So the money will go out of the club somewhere. It will just go to you know a different recipient. Because that's what they do. That's why they run their contract down. You're saying about Harry Kane having a year left. If there's a transfer fee involved, it obviously lessens the amount of money that's available for him and his agent. If there's no transfer fee involved, then that money is spread around less people. So it's that's the way the business works now. For the second second podcast in a row, we've got a little bit of breaking news here on uh, oh, yes. oh, Bloody Hell. Wow. Um, and, Aid, it's just been confirmed that Southampton have named Swansea City manager Russell Martin as their new manager for the ah. next three years. Oh, right. 
Well, I hope they'll be very happy together. Can we just clarify that? They've named him as their new manager on a three-year contract. It doesn't mean he'll be their manager for the next three years. Yeah, yeah. Quite. And I'll be very surprised if he is, quite. given the current state of football. Mm. Nice, nice lad as well. Um, Possession-based coach, but slightly unusual choice, really, because he's not really pulled up trees at Swansea, to be honest. They play some nice football, but it doesn't seem to get them very far. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Again, Steve, like you say, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because people do say that they play some really good stuff and do the right way. But I guess, like you say, every, there's probably only a couple of teams who wouldn't expect to be in and around the playoffs now. So by definition, I guess if you're not in the top 10, you've not had a very good season. Yeah. yeah. I, I, listen, I just think it depends on what you want, doesn't it? I know MK Dons, he had a... Um, a reputation for having, I think it was the highest possession stats in Europe, and they finished thirteenth. And then he got a move to Swansea as a result of the football he played, which is brilliant because Swansea they identify with that sort of football, so it suits. As long as Southampton are going to stick with him, not do what they did with Nathan, then then fine. Hopefully he's got a chance to go down, put his mark down, and, and establish something. But you, you just know that they're so short-sighted, aren't they? That pointing for three years and you know bad start, he'll be lucky if he sees a season. That's just the nature of the beast now. Well, a team still looking for a manager um, is Leeds United. Gav is now back with us. You there, Gav? Wi-Fi all working nicely? Different room? Yeah, change, change <laughs> the room. I cursed it. Commentator's curse that I often do on the way games. Um, lasted 45 minutes, said it was going okay, and then, of course, it went. <laughs> um, obviously, those those sort of issues will not be a problem anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, just wanted to bring you in on. It looks like that Patrick Vieira might be the man to go to Leeds United. What do you make of that one? Or AD, I'll ask I, you. I'm glad, Gav, and go to the other room, please. <laughs> I'll ask you, AD. Um, I think I, I think Leeds? he would be. Uh, I think he'd be a good a good choice, really. I mean, uh, I was surprised that Crystal Palace got rid of him because he wasn't doing a bad job at Crystal Palace. I didn't think. Um, just in a really bad run of games, wasn't he? Like yeah. in terms of the top six or whatever it was that he but, was playing. But overall, uh, and I mean, okay, so Roy Hodgson came in and turned everything around, apparently. But was all that likely to happen anyway? Had had uh, Patrick Vieira stayed, quite possibly. So um, I, I don't think he's a bad manager. He was a, a very good player. Uh, so I, th I think he'd be okay at Leeds, personally. I don't know what you guys think. What do you think, Steve? Um, he's got a profile, so that'll help him. Um, he didn't do a bad job at Palace. Like you say, his, his run of games were, were particularly vicious, weren't they? Mm. And, and he got judged on that. Um, I you know, I like to see English managers managing English football teams, if I'm honest. Um, and Leeds is a big football club. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't know who who else is out there in the market that they would appoint, to would, be honest. Um, would Big Sam have been in with a shout long-term, or do you think that would never have been on the cards? If he'd have kept him up, he'd have had to be in well, with a shout, yeah, wouldn't quite. he? If he'd have kept him up. Going, going down, I think it's one of those things. They, they they probably don't want Sam involved because he's not sexy and et cetera, you know, in the modern era. Um, but if they'd have kept him up, they'd have probably had little choice. Going down, it made it easier for him to say, actually, we don't think you're the man to, to get us up. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know. There's lots of English coaches who are floating around. Um, so I'd like to have seen it be an English man. But, you know, Patrick Vieira's got a good profile. So um, if he gets it, then it will be, uh, watch this space. Gav, are you there? No. No, he's not. No. <laughs> Aidy, one of someone you've been impressed with this season is, albeit somewhat enviously, uh, Gundogan of Manchester City. Mm -hmm. Well, in the last hour or so, it looks like that he's just signed for Barcelona. Um, right. Are you surprised by this? In terms of, we knew that he was out of contract, but I'm, I'm guessing that the decision was more his rather than the club's, because, like I say, his contract ran out. He's won all that there is to win now and possibly just wanted a new challenge. Yeah, I think he wants a new challenge. I, well, my, my take on it would be, I, I just wonder what, what's going to happen to City because, you know... Maybe that's why they want Kovacic. Well, maybe, but there, there are other players that seem to be on the verge of leaving as well, um, which makes you wonder, you know, 
I mean, you can't knock Pep Guardiola for what he's done and how he does it. But equally, you know, I just wonder whether if, if he starts making drastic changes and, and all of a sudden we suddenly find that, uh, um, what's his name, El Mansur gets involved uh, with things. Uh, coming out with big long statements last this week sometime. Just wonder whether, you know, is this the first sign of the the city um you know, all in all embracing winning style changing. I don't know. I don't know. I see Gav is now back with us, but Gav, if you listen back to this podcast you'll see how many times I've veered a question over to you and you've not been able to answer. <laughs> yeah. And just just to add to his problems, it's now time to say goodbye, everybody, because we've run out of time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, like I say, this week it has been more of a a transfer chat because um, that's all that's really been there to talk about over the last couple of days, other than the fact that I did see that Jose Mourinho did get a four-game ban from UEFA for his antics against Anthony Taylor that we spoke about, which probably was fair enough, Ed. I think so, yes, but... uh... In the meantime, I think all we can say now is football. My voice is gone. Can you hear it? <laughs> what was that? Football. <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> football. Bloody hell. Thanks for listening, folks, and come back and join us again on Monday.